It's the Brotherhood of the Silver Screen, and we would all vote for Weird Al if he ran for president. That's true. Yep. That's true. Yeah, that, that one. That one hit. That one yes. hit home. Yes, I would. That one Remember hit home. I see that picture of um, of Paul Rudd. <laughs> so Paul Rudd took his yes, daughter trick or treating, yes. and she's dressed as the Wasp, and he's dressed as Weird Al. <laughs> it's amazing. You have really? to find it. Oh my word! I love any. Oh it's yeah. It's pretty incredible that that Weird Al can be identified by by that dress. You know, you look at him like that's Weird Al, yeah. but. It's all it is. is He's got really long curly hair and a Hawaiian shirt on, mm-hmm. and you're like, "That's weird." How? Yep. That's just so incredible, though. The humor behind that just cracked me up. Oh yeah, that's great yeah, stuff. Go as the wasp. This okay, uh, this, this month we're reviewing the big ticket item, which is uh, Joker, um, hmm. and it has beholden to me to write this uh, month's review. Um, Joey yeah, I, I Joey wrote I, last month's review. Uh, I thought I got. Do you want me to play the Joker soundtrack while you say? You're <laughs> no, no, thank <laughs> you, no, thank I you. I thought I got. I got. I thought I got saddled with a tough movie to review. This one, I felt like was was it also seemed, a tough. You know, movie. I feel like it's every one of them is tough right. to me. Like yeah. to, to take what you have in your brain mm-hmm. and, and put, put it. In words. In no, words. that's like, true. That's true. Just, no matter what you're doing, like how do I say? But like this? dealing with all those like underlying references, some of which I didn't understand yeah. from from uh, Tarantino last last month, and uh, I feel like there's some d- definitely. I some, definitely some think yours was stuff. a heavier task than mine. Oh really? Yeah, okay, I think so. I don't know. There's some interesting stuff going on in this movie. So okay, so we're gonna talk about Joker this month, uh, this week, and uh, I'm going to start off by reading the review, and then it's going to open it up for general discussion about said uh, movie. All right, there's a lot to consider after viewing the latest incarnation of DC's most notorious, most infamous, most unpredictable villain. Indeed, such a simple title as villain does no justice to his legacy. The King of Crime, the Emperor of Evil, the Kaiser of Chaos, even these titles cannot accurately sum up the enigma in the character of the Joker. On top of all these monikers, one must also factor the different cinematic manifestations throughout the decades. As the internet memes have it, we have witnessed the clown, the gangster, the anarchist, the psycho, and now the depressed recluse turned revolutionist. All of these characters, however, stand underneath the cartoon-colored shadow of Mark Hamill, the absolute standard of comic-to-character odyssey. Notwithstanding Hamill's perfect portrayal of Joker, his example is so far out of the ballpark that one can only compare apples to apples, namely movie characters to other movie characters. As such, Heath Ledger's Joker is undisputed as the most iconic and accurate demonstration of the Joker's essence, that is, chaos. Chaos is probably the Joker's most defining feature, defining because it is the perfect opposite to Batman's quest for order. Without order, there is no Joker. Without chaos, there is no Batman. Chaos versus order, a struggle that ultimately goes back to the Garden of Eden. Now, 6,000 years later, Joaquin Phoenix tries, nay, plays his hand as the chaotic crime lord. As I write this, the Joker is number 15 on IMDb's top-rated user-rated movies list, uh, with The Dark Knight at an unbelievable position at number 4. Clearly, this is not due to the marginal manifestations of Batman, but rather solely to Ledger and Phoenix playing the greatest villain of all Western human literature. Oh, wow. Let's see. That is. Uh, but, but hey, I mean, IMDb speaks for itself. That's you know what I mean? In, in 2019's Joker, Phoenix contributes to the roulette of rogues by introducing a new angle on the main character, depression. Further, he breaks new ground by revealing a backstory, a name, a job, and even a family. Arthur Fleck is a career clown, lives with his mother in Gotham, and aspires to be a stand-up comedian. Phoenix, of course, slays the role. Fleck deals with problems that many moviegoers have already testified to identifying with. 
depression, fantasy of acceptance, delusion of station, suicidal tendencies, being split between conforming to society's norms and acting upon base desires. Skillfully, Joaquin dirges his way through the mire with profound accuracy. He laughs at the wrong time, tells the wrong jokes, wears the wrong clothes and haircut, stares too long, smiles too wide, and struggles internally to come to terms with what, not who, he really is. The whole laughing at the wrong time approach is, in my mind, a stroke of genius by the writers. This is something that none of the other Jokers have yet done, yet it seems so obvious. Of course the Joker laughs at the wrong time. Of course what any ordinary man would find awkward or repulsive, the Joker finds funny. This is in perfect alignment to the contrarian side of Joker that Joaquin Phoenix completely embraces. The Joker is now even more unpredictable. Another masterstroke by the crew is the setting. The year is 1981 in Gotham City. This makes perfect sense for two reasons. The first is that 1981 is America's most violent year to date. This is the time when the, the most crime was reported throughout the country, making it a smart choice to plot the metamorphosis of Arthur Fleck. Uh, as, a as a revolutionary, Fleck now has a hotbed of potential to work with. Do you guys remember that movie, A Most Violent Year? With uh, Oscar Isaacs. Oscar Isaacs. That was yeah. set in 1981. Um, secondly, that. uh, 19, that's interesting. That's good history. Yeah. yeah. Secondly, 1981. I remember reading the review and I was like, most violent year. What's that about? Like they said, 1981. Yeah. And, and I was, I, when I was watching the movie, I was like, don't tell me this is 1981. And sure enough, it's said 1981. Yeah. That's cool. Secondly, 1981 is a great opportunity for a realistic approach to a future Batman movie. Batman, by the time he is ready to fight Joker, will be young and inexperienced. Since Robert Pattinson is already slated to take on the role, the timeline checks out. But as earlier stated, the 90s, assumingly, will be a great decade for Batman to cut his teeth, cinematically speaking. Stripped of all the modern technology to explain away Batman's fighting style and detective skills, they are called detective comics for a reason, after all, the 1990s will give great opportunity for the less-is-more take on an oversaturated CGI comic cinematic universe. Marvel has used up the, that bag of Band-Aids, and I believe strongly that DC can use this opportunity to shift the paradigm to a new frontier in comic book movies. There is an untapped market for CGI-less superheroes. This makes even more sense given the fact that a huge chunk of DC's frontmen have no superpowers at all. And all that it does right into its four, in its four way, foray into new territory, Joker also breaks some unwritten rules. The first is never... Give the Joker a backstory. He is enigmatic for a reason. He is not supposed to be understood. He cannot be understood. And any, any attempt to make the Joker understandable should be frowned upon officially. While I understand the crew's attempt to do this, I do not approve. The second is making the Joker relatable. This is also against the historical character. He is not supposed to relate to anyone because he is not like anyone. That's what makes him the Joker and a polar opposite of Batman. Batman is always one step ahead of his adversaries because, at some level, Batman understands them. But with Joker, he usually doesn't know whether he is coming or going. The fact that Batman knows nothing about Joker's origin helps Joker to remain in the shadows of Batman's understanding. This, in turn, propels him to the forefront of Bruce, Bruce Wayne's fears and frustrations. Third, we actually feel sorry for Arthur Fleck. He is bullied, abused, in, abused insulted, and a victim of circumstance. The real Joker is evil pure evil. No one should feel sorry for him for a second. In fact, the movie has me rooting for him for a hot minute. Nothing gets us woke Americans root rooting for a murderer like killing three rich, cocky white guys. Explaining his origin adds a new dynamic. Pity. The Joker should be feared, respected, and hated. Not pitied. 
While they did a great job communicating this new aspect to the character of Joker, I believe that it is inappropriate because the Joker is pitiless. The inevitable result of producing a Joker movie is so close to Heath Ledger's portrayal is that Joaquin is judged in his context. Numerous articles have already been issued addressing this very comparison. Fortunately for us, this movie has so much going for it that it cannot be properly condemned, even after breaking so many rules, its controversial opening, and Ledger's legacy. It's just a well-written, well-acted movie with a surprisingly fresh take on a character that is well beyond mint condition. 2019's Joker is a dance uh, as a dancer with two left feet, but nobody cares because it got started off on the right foot. And that's my review. No, that was... yeah. Well done, lad. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Bravo. Dove, your well thoughts. done, cheerio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Where do I even begin with this whole thing? Um, I thought Joaquin killed it. I thought he was great. I thought the... Him, that whole, I was not expecting the laughing, um, what do you call that? The long moment, laughing, yeah. yeah. What, what you, the, it has a name for it. Uh, um, yeah. And he has that little card he gives yeah. people. Mm-hmm. I forget what it's called, but I saw a Facebook video, I don't know if you guys saw it, of a guy that actually had that problem. Really? And I was like, oh my gosh, and I, play, I was right in the middle of work, I didn't care, so I press play. <laughs> and they showed him for real having this issue, and I was like... Dude, that looks exactly the way Joaquin looked. Yeah, yeah. It's, like he's yeah, sitting there in his car and he's just laughing out the window at nothing, and he, you can just tell like he's kind of like Trying like his eyes himself. aren't there. Yeah, and he's got his hand over his mouth every time he does it, oh. and he just can't stop. Oh my! And I'm like, this is a real thing. Yeah, I was like, well done, guys, man. Yeah. That's a pr- that's a great realistic Joker. How he uh, laughs and that yeah. whole. Th- creepy thingy that he does yeah so i thought that was a really great great twist to it and not to make it um too long i thought the movie was great it definitely had things that i didn't necessarily like i didn't like i was okay with the pity but i can't i i was i was thinking it was going to kind of go in a direction like a uh, of of Gollum. Gollum is a very when he's pitiful you really do pity him and when he's hateful, you really do hate him. Yeah, you want him to die at certain parts yeah. when he's betraying people. Yeah, yeah. When he's attacking people, and yeah. he, they could portray that with his face, like. And it was I was amazed at how quickly I went emotionally from he's gonna die. No, he shouldn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. as I was with the with Gollum, and I thought it was gonna take that twist, but never quite got there. Mm-hmm. I still feel like Robert De Niro deserved to die. Yeah, that's I mean, right. Yeah, so I'm that's, like, that's yeah. kind of the rough thing. It's like it's like basically like. Everybody he kills is is someone who's like right. directly a little abu- bit of justification. Someone who's right, directly right. abused. Yeah, right. And yeah. I knew I I, I was like for it. okay, yeah. and I was like nah, okay, yeah. And the guys on the train, okay, they deserved it, you know. But I can see, but they use and that. He also kills the the other the other clown guy. Yeah. Um, right. And, right. And there's right. not there, we're not given direct specifications as to why, but to me there was implication of some sort of weird relationship there too, like almost. Something right. gross because he kept calling him my boy and stuff like that. It was it was weird. Right. To me, it came across as like a relationship where he was just taking advantage of yeah. him. Yeah, that he was, was using yeah. him. Yeah. To 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 further his own yeah. plans. Right. Yeah, right. Know? And uh, like I trying felt to be like, pretending to be his friend because he's yeah. like, I can use this guy. Some yeah. people That's at work were asking me. me about it. You know, and I actually I thought to myself, it was very because of the character development. Yeah. Like you've seen so many movies with death scenes, stabbing scenes, shooting scenes. Yeah. Right. But uh, for some reason, whenever he decided to kill somebody, it w- had just carried so much more weight. 
Like when he is yeah, they did the spoilers. I know, but they did the violence really well. Like, but no, like the one where I felt it, where I was like, (gasps) like I was like, holy cow, was when he killed his mom. Yeah, I was not expecting that. Yeah, I like because he was just like, like, and he grabbed the pillow from. It wasn't like when he smothered her. Yeah, when he grabbed the pillow from back behind her and you kind of saw her head like flat, her head flopping around. I was like, ugh, like it was, it was really. He was just like. And he just grabbed it, and yeah. she's like flopping around. A hospital bed is her. not a place where you expect violence. And I was like, I was like, oh, I know there was no violence and stuff, but in my my feelings, I was like, that was pretty gruesome. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, all the so, violence in this movie is pretty right. And so if it, you just felt when he killed the the other clown guy with the scissors or whatever, mm-hmm. it was like that was it was it was just like yeah, like. And so I'm like, I've seen these scenes before, but for whatever reason, mm-hmm. because of the character development, because of who he is his turn into the character of Joker now, it just carried so much more weight to it. And it was a lot more just gruesome than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't like, I'm okay with the, the pity, the pity, the pity, but I, I wanted a point where I'm like, he needs to die. I hate him. Mm-hmm. And I never quite got there. Yeah. Uh, the other sure. thing was, um, yeah. And it, I thought it was cool. how They tied it into Bruce Wayne's parents dying. Oh yeah, yes, that yeah. was. A I was like, I was like, oh, I did not expect that. Was that. Nice, nice but he, bow on the jo- the whole Joker, thing. creates Batman, yeah. mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah, yeah. It was. Mm-hmm. This is his fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you know, at the very end, where he stands up on the car, right, and he's just all bloody, and he puts yeah. a bloody smile on and yeah. stuff. I was like, that's very Joker. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was cool. The other thing I had, and this is, and I'm done. There, I could keep going, but I'm not. Um, I was also hoping for a little bit more witticism from him after he transformed. Yeah. Like, his jokes are bad, bad, bad. Everybody hates him. They're awful, right? But then when he finally, because part of his transformation, becoming the Joker, is all of a sudden he's confident. Yeah. Right, right. He's confident in his chaos. They, 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 yeah. they, they, did, they did portray that. When Correct. He, the you, dancing. He, they, when he came in and he was dancing like that, I was right. like, okay, finally well, the, he's but, embracing And I know, I know this is dark, and it's kind of like, I don't know if I should like this or not. Mm-hmm. But there's something about the Mark Hamill Joker when he kind of pokes fun at Batman a couple times in his insanity and in his uh, killings and stuff. He does these one-liners that are funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, the time that I felt like only time I felt that was when he killed uh, Robert De Niro. Yeah. And didn't he kill the other person too? After, like right after him, he like shoots him, right? And then he kind of throws the – he's looking at the camera, right? Yeah, and he just just starts doing that little jig. Yeah, yeah. And right. I'm like, eh. you know, I, yeah. I, I kind of chuckled a little bit because how goofy he was. Yeah. And I'm like, that. See, that's the I like the that twisted message of the Joker. And he and he'll and he'll just say a joke. All of a sudden, his jokes are better because gotcha. of his confidence. Right. His dark jokes. Yeah. You know, and so I didn't necessarily like because now he's Joker, and Robert De Niro kind of won the word battle when he was sitting there. Yeah. And so I was like, I would have loved for the Joker to win the word battle at oh, that point. Yeah, right. Yeah. Making yeah. jokes and just like and like and Robert De Niro getting all mad. Right. Right. And and Joker's like, I'm super confident now. This is who I am. I'm unleashing this on everybody, and now I am. And he's also, I guess, I don't know if the comic books if he's incredibly smart or not. Um, I always thought Joker was very smart, but but in a demented way. So I wanted him to start. I wanted to see that. I didn't quite see that. Yeah. But that was a part of Joker that I like watching. It's very entertaining. It seemed like he was always kind of a victim all the way up until the end. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, 
I mean, I think an I think an important thing to remember though is that this is not a part of the DCEU, according right. to Warner Bros. and according to everyone. Yeah. Okay. So like, they're not going to tie this into to Robert Pattinson. Oh, they're not. They're okay. not. They're claiming they're, they're not. Claiming they're, they're claiming people want them to. They're claiming that this like that uh, that like unless they maybe do a, a second Joker, Joker, but like they're claiming this is supposed to be an entirely different universe, like that it was centered around the Joker just to do that. I mean, almost in some ways the movie, as far as I understand it, in some ways like um. Shoot, what's the director's name? I'm blanking on Todd it now. Phillips? Thank you. In some ways, from what I understand, Todd Phillips and um, and Joaquin Phoenix approached this as if like it wasn't even a Batman movie, mm-hmm. like like okay. and basically like they had to tie it in because it's called Joker, right? Um, but yeah. that like they they appro- they approached a lot of stuff like almost like okay, we're not even messing with with superheroes and yeah. stuff like that. I'm okay. cool what with I, that. What yeah, I do think too. what I do think really stands out though from this movie, um, and something that I'd like to see is that like we you know um the Christopher Nolan Batman series was kind of like grounded in this like realistic, gritty, um, not CGI based yes. type thing, mm-hmm. which is what Luke was talking about. And and now this being the like highest grossing R rated superhero movie of all time kind of proves that like people would like to see more of that. That yes. people are a little tired of the Marvel shtick Untapped, of, man. Of, of, where, of, where, of where everything's in super grand and everything's yes. crazy and full it's of CGI. It's making money and, too, man. Yeah. It's making so, so much like, money. And so like if you if you really base like you could you could also have the potential to base like superhero films in drama and realism and great and and so I think in that case I I hoping I'm hoping that DC realizes that and taps into that potential, at least with the, the new Batman yeah. trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're going to, I mean, that's, that's the best place to do would it, it again. Wouldn't it be cool to um, do a, another Joker movie, but Batman's more the cameo. Yeah. But I mean, still they, focus on Joker. That'd yeah, be kind of cool. They could. I mean, everything I've read is that Todd Phil, I mean, the thing is no one's expected this to be a success as big of a success. Mm-hmm. Apparently people are claiming that in terms of actual like revenue, that this movie has made almost as much revenue as, as Endgame. Oh wow! Because like even though it's only made because of even, how though much even though it's only made like seven hundred million, it's like they only spent like apparently only spent like 40. less than I think yeah they spent like way less than a hundred. I have it here. Okay. Uh, budget is estimated fifty five million. Oh, that's yeah, super uh, low. Opening weekend was ninety six million. So <laughs> opening weekend they, they doubled. Made, yeah, they doubled. Yeah. yeah, and then gross domestic is two hundred eighty nine million. Yeah. And what was World that fifty five million? It was basically paying World, actors. Worldwide gross is eight hundred seventy eight million. Holy yeah. shnikes! Yeah, it's so, gonna do a billion. It's, it's yeah. Awesome. yeah. So, so, so that's, so that's the thing is that like Endgame, they spend so much money on all the actors and all yeah, the effects right, right. that like it, it it made two billion bucks, but it like cost them it cost so I, money, it cost yeah. them so much money. Wow. And so apparently like they're on they're on par to like make as much hey, as as, uh, as hey, listen, Marvel actually made. I was going to say that um, they deserve it, man. You know, we, we've been calling for this for a while, yes, right? Get yeah. rid of the CGI's as bogus. Start focusing on characters. Look yes. what happens. Yes. Yeah. This no. is what happens, and it seems some people are listening. Apparently. Well, yes. well, the other thing is too is like, I mean, I think I I think what would be important for DC is is to come out as a competitor to Marvel, but to differentiate themselves. And that's the thing about like one when you saw like Batman versus Superman, that's like where you could tell like they just did not know what they were doing. Right. Yeah, because to get it Marvel. was kind of, it was like yeah. darker, but also like they were trying to be like Marvel in a lot yeah. of ways. Mm-hmm. And oh, you were just yeah. like there was just this, it just felt like a, it felt like a, a worse Marvel. It felt like a like a poor man's Marvel movie. And so then you were like, eh. And so like they needed to, they needed to differentiate themselves in a big way and say like this these are the stories we want to tell. And so maybe this will put them on that track. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess honestly with how much it's made it's they're saying there won't be a sequel and they're saying it's not going to be connected to anything else. But I mean I, I guess I that mean they might be right. Change. Maybe just go, you know change. what? Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be for the best, but that yeah, could change yeah. with how much money it's made, so mm-hmm. you never know. Yeah. Um I think for me in this movie um 
I mean, it was it was very dark. Like, um, yeah. it was it was incredibly. You bleak. and Athena came out of it. Going, Athena, man. Athena and I, Athena yeah. and I, it, it, it like depressed me for a couple of days. It was it was pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. um, I think Joaquin Phoenix did an incredible job. I also I felt like the I, so I think Todd Phillips did a great job in terms of like directing it and in terms of like getting everything he needed out of like Joaquin Phoenix in terms of the performance. I kind of thought the storyline for me was actually kind of like, eh. It I felt it felt very derivative to be honest. Like it it felt it felt like the movie is almost basically like a combination of um, Taxi Driver and King of Comedy from Martin Scorsese back in the what was that the seventies I think. Yeah. It's basically like a combination of those movies and maybe like add Carrie in there too. And so like where like just like the the like kind of like mentally unhealthy person gets continually abused and then like Snaps. goes off yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. I don't know. Like it felt kind of derivative to me, and then tie that in with the fact that like they basically made Bruce or not Bruce Wayne, um, Thomas. They basically made Thomas Wayne like the um, Donald Trump of Gotham City. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. yeah, he accidentally calls all poor people clowns, and then like they get mad at him for it. And then like you've got like the protesters, right. like the protesters, like the protesters are holding. I noticed like in one scene, one of them's running down the street past Joaquin Phoenix. And they're holding a resist sign, which is like the big like hashtag right now against Donald Trump. It's like everyone's like hashtag resist, right? Yeah. And so like they're holding like a resist sign. Right. I noticed like there was and a lot. One they, of them actually had a fascist right. sign on there. Yes, there that, I noticed sign. that too. Yeah. I was like, these are they trying to portray these guys like like Antifa? Like, but yes, they're also yes. That's the basically what they were. They okay. were basically I mean, so Antifa. What, what do you think they're saying? Are they saying like uh, are they condemning Antifa, or are they saying this is the People's Revolution? I I got more that idea. From it, so um, to be honest, that's pretty twisted. Yeah, it is. So that's then, and that's part of like what frustrated me about the movie. I was kind of like, eh, because like when I see that, like again, we talk about this all the time, right? Like when you see the political plug, it like kind of takes away from the story. And I I felt like there was something. And Thomas Wayne was always a in the comics, at least in the storyline, was a good man. Yeah, Yeah, and and honestly, I actually appreciated that kind of a twist a little bit that they kind of made him out to be a jerk because that could be interesting for Batman's future story, right? Because he's gonna blame, he's gonna see his parents as incredible people and blame other people. Um, so that's kind of, I mean, so it's kind of interesting, but again, it's also incredibly bleak um, that there is like, I, yeah, see, I wouldn't like that twist because Batman's, the uh, Batman's vow is, is predicated on the, upon the fact that his parents are really good people. Yeah. And he made that vow to them. Yeah. And the fact that they're good people helps him keep that vow. And if he found out they were jerks, he'd be like, why to keep the vow to people who are jerks? You know? Yeah. I, I would not yeah. like that if they did that. Thomas and, and what was his mother's name? Martha. 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 Yeah. Thomas and Martha. <laughs> How'd you forget that? How'd I forget that? Martha. Yeah. Martha. That's my mom's name, yeah. too. <laughs> Thomas and Martha were really good, so upstanding dumb. citizens who really sacrificed a lot for Gotham. Right. Yeah. And that's why Batman's sacrificing a lot for Gotham, because his yeah. parents were. He made a promise to them. You know? yeah. they, oh, by the way, they were jerks, and one was Donald Trump. Oh, okay. Then there goes the vow. And yeah. I would not like that. Yeah, well, again, they probably won't tie it in. Um, I mean, right. and and so that's true. So I don't know. I just felt like, I felt like kind of like the base storyline um, yeah. was kind of derivative mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Like okay. I was like, I don't know. To me, I mean, to me, it's so like obviously influenced by those movies from the seventies that like, I was like, this is kind of surprising. Like how much of this it felt because we had just we just watched Taxi, Taxi Driver, Driver only yeah. like two months ago, mm-hmm. and so um, even the haircuts the same. Yeah, like it's <laughs> legitimately there's so much similarity. Yeah, like yeah. it legitimately feels like it almost attempted to be like copy paste like Taxi Driver for a new generation mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Um, that I was a little bit surprised and and kind of confused. Maybe by that's that. why Robert De Niro was in it. No, I think that's why. I think okay. that's why it was. Like I think okay. it was a direct reference. Okay. As far as I understand, Todd Phillips isn't trying to hide. <laughs> to hide it now, like apparently a couple people have been like, "Bro, your movie's basically Taxi Driver and King mm-hmm. of Comedy combined." Like you mm-hmm. basically ripped those, and he's like, 
Yeah, and he was his his reply was basically like, yeah, those two, and he like added like two other movies from <laughs> oh, the seventies. Okay. There's one, um, yeah, and he, he added, and he was like, yeah, basically, I I just kind of like pulled a lot from all those okay. movies and kind of tried to stick it into one. So I don't know that's just kind of weird to me though, because I mean, plagiarism is oftentimes such a big deal. And it's just weird to me that somebody can do that. But anyway, okay. um, so that I don't know, I kind of took away from it for me. But um, in terms of like Joaquin Phoenix's his character, like. I mean, he did. He did do an incredible job. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's definitely like I can't. I don't know that I can think of another um, acting like another character that has been acted that well this this yeah. year. Like, it's a, yeah, because people are now, of course, the conversation, especially it coming out in October, is like, what what's it going to be in terms of the Oscars? Like, mm-hmm. is he going to get nominated? Like, is it going to be like Heath Ledger? Yeah, um, right. so possibly, right. you know, yeah. and that's part of the thing that I liked about Heath Ledger's was he would crack a joke every once in a while. Yeah, no, Remember that was he, a good point. That was a good. Remember point. Remember when he came into the and there's all these mob bosses sitting around there, yeah. right? Yeah. And Joker comes up and he's just like, and he's laughing a little bit. and He goes, "I thought my jokes were bad." Yeah. You know, and you just kind of like chuckle, just ah, stuff ah, like that ah, that I just ah, love ah, about ah, him. Yeah. When he's like you know? fake laughing, he's just like ha 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 he. Who, yeah, and who, you just get this sense of like you get bad. this you get this sense of like when he shows up in those movies. And, and credit to the to the writers and everybody. Yeah, when he shows up, and you have all these mobsters that have been running golf like forever, room gets, it's like and you're just like darker. he shows up, and you're like, okay, the king just came in the building. Yeah, you guys are all just pawns, right? And you just get this presence. sense of yeah. just like of like like this is this is the guy, this is the king of crime. Yeah. And, well, and, uh, and, and, no, I'm not I saying know, you need that because he's in the beginning, mm-hmm. but just a little bit of that. Like, no, just, you're right. I know you're right, and that's yeah. why. That's why I was making the point that like I don't think this was like, like they came at the, they came at this movie like it wasn't supposed to be the Joker, even though it then was right. like right. I, because because to me there's a lot about the character they did kind of miss um, yeah. in terms of like because like because uh, sometimes there were even times where I felt like the the tie in to Batman and the Thomas Wayne stuff almost felt like. It had been done because it was supposed to be a Joker movie. Almost like it kind of got pushed in there just to get pushed in there. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I was right. just like, and, that, and, so, and yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I, just, I felt like I um I would I would like to would have liked a little bit more of like a huge cutoff between Arthur Fleck and when he became the yeah, Joker I agree and, the, with and that. the the victim to um, monster. And then yeah. and then and then you on the screen and I guess they kind of had that moment when he was all clowned up going on the game show. And he's kind of walking down the hall, and he's got like the, a flower or something. Yeah, and he's getting into the and that, that was, I guess, the moment where you're like, now he's the Joker. Now yeah. here he is. Yeah, you know, I just would have liked it a little bit more of like a big divide. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I agree of with the that. Super confident psychopath versus yeah. the victim. What, what do you, you know? think, there, Athena? Um, so Joey was right. As soon as the movie was over, we both kind of like sighed very heavily and looked at each other for like five minutes and then and then left um I felt like I had a like usually when I watch a movie I try to take a step back from how it makes me feel and I and I look at the directing and I look at the cinematography and I look up the script and I look at all those things and and try to figure out like um you know separating how I feel versus was it a good film and I had a really hard time doing that with this movie because I was just, like, overwhelmed at the end of it. Um, and I don't know, when I was just talking about how I wanted to bring up something that your dad said, to Luke and, and Dove and Brad, your dad said to us when um, we were talking about it last weekend. Um, at your wedding, Luke. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he came yeah. over to our table. Talking about the Joker. Oh, we're talking yeah. about the Joker. And he oh, wow. joined in the conversation. Uh-huh. He had some And he hadn't seen say. it, and he kind of asked if we would recommend it, and I said no. 
Um, and not because I wouldn't recommend it as a good film, but I wouldn't recommend someone to feel the same way that I felt at the end of it. It was pretty much my right. my thought process. But um, he kind of said that like physical art, like paintings and sculptures and things, um, we've gotten to the point where they only really reflect the artist. They don't really have any reflection on God anymore um, and his creation. And, his creation. Right. and that... Um, the film industry is kind of at that point and that this movie in my opinion I was thinking about that that this movie had no reflection of anything good of anything godly mm. it was just dark and sad and mm. about yeah, mental there, health yeah, and, no and people being abused and then violence and and it's not that I haven't necessarily seen that in a movie before but it was just you feel sorry for him and then you're like no nah, but you probably shouldn't kill those people but I don't know. It was it was conflicting bad feelings about everyone and everything, mm-hmm. and and I think that it was um, that it was very much um, a reflection of today as well. I know it's it was set in 1981, but um, but very centered on mental health um, and the kind of issues that people who who suffer from mental health issues like what they face and also poverty i think poverty and then we had the political portions of it with thomas wayne and the antifa like characters i felt like it was very much geared towards millennials (laughs) Hmm. um in, Hmm. in now because those are the things that are that are kind of coming up um and what people care about um and i i felt like I don't know. It made me sad for that reason, too, because um, I don't know, just because people our age, for the most part, like that's I don't know. I don't know if I'm explaining myself very well, but I'm getting emotional thinking about it, too. Mm. Um, I don't know. So so I just I just felt very dark. And I know you're very deep. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's... it's just a movie. I know. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, But again, as a reflection, as a reflection, our society right now on our society, it it, it definitely reflects. It doesn't feel like just a movie when you think of it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I'm kind of of the I mean. When we like, if I end up talking like politics or, or s- certain things like that, you know, a lot of times um, you'll see two opposing views like on social media or something, right? Um, and you know, if it's you know, depending on the topic, sometimes I like I see that I see the problem with both sides, and it's and, you know, and neither side you know represents a godly view of 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 things often, and so it's like so I look at both sides and I'm like. I'm just kind of like, and it, it. You see these people arguing and treating each other horribly, and then you're kind of like, you know, at some point they're just gonna like let them tear each other apart, right? Right. And so, but like this movie was basically kind of like an like, like how that looks, right? Like if we just let society, if society is godless, and we just let it tear itself apart, like this is what it's gonna look like. Yeah. Right. Um. And yeah. so that's and so I think that's like where a lot of the the bleakness really hit home, and it was like less of like this is a movie because he definitely. Todd Phillips definitely, I mean, I even saw in an interview because people brought some of the political stuff up and he was like, well, I wrote this in 2017. And so he was like, which would have been right after Trump Trump, got elected. elected, And so he was like, so you can imagine where I was at in terms of my state of mind. So I think it was very intentional that he went back to 1981 Mm -hmm. and then tried to draw as many connections to 1981 as to today Mm -hmm. um, in terms of like the radical space that we're in. Because I know that, yeah, and so. Um, I, I definitely think there was a lot there that was trying to reflect our time period yeah. and, um, and the hopelessness. And so it was just, it was tough to watch. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Yeah. Cause that's basically the movie. Like, 
Thankfully, it wasn't like like Velvet Buzzsaw, which we talked about, right? Where like you didn't care about anyone, but really, there's no one to root for in that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, except yeah. for maybe, except for maybe, except for kind of like in the future, maybe Batman is like who you would be rooting for, right? But he loses his parents, but his parents aren't good people. Well, at least his dad isn't really a good person in the movie. And then the Joker, you like want to root for the whole time, but then he's murdering people, and you also are not going to root for the Antifa-like characters outside, right? right? right. Which yeah. he becomes then the king of at the end, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you can't root for him, you can't root for them, like who. You root for right? There's like no one, you're right? Like the whole well, system. It's the, it's the, the same, whole system is corrupt. It's basically. the same message as you know Nightcrawler. Who do you root for in that one? Yeah, you know yeah. they're all twisted, yeah. messed up people. That's always said at nighttime. You know, yeah. That that's that's just another one. Who do you root for? And, and I've seen a lot arise of these with, uh, especially with House of Cards. Oh yeah, you know yeah. who do you root for in that? You no, know, it's, it's a huge yeah. It's so a, that's, it's a storytelling. It's like it's become a storytelling trope almost yes. at this point. Yeah, and I honestly hate it. It's like one of my least favorite okay. things. But in this, at least, like this movie, this movie was at least engaging and done well enough. And you do you like want to see what's happening to the Joker, um, to Arthur Fleck, and right. you do follow him. But like at the end, you're like, okay, there's like no right. one to root for. So. Right? Yeah, we're, we're watching <laughs> and we're focusing on the bad guys succeeding. Yeah, you know and. And there's no good guys to root yeah. for in you're, sight. Yeah, you're almost like trying to figure out what the lesser of two evils are because it's bad which guys and worse guys. Yeah, and which is basically what politics is right now in our yes. country. So. Yes, well, we got philosophical, we got political. That's our review of Joker. We laughed, we cried. More, more, we cried. But got laugh. depressed. Yeah, got depressed. <laughs> 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 wait, wait, wait what, what did Michael say? Went home. Watched uh, watched a movie a million times or something like that. Got really depressed. Uh, you don't want to talk about Brad? No, I don't remember either. Uh, Michael, he said, "How was my summer?" Uh, it was. Uh, uh, and 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 he said, uh, "I watched something. Got really depressed." Yeah. What was that? I Andy, know what Andy, you're talking Andy, about. Yeah, did Andy say that? Got yeah, super, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, just Andy a said, just Andy a, said he goes, got yeah, super depressed. He's like, got super depressed. Um, but either way, uh, yeah, yeah. When you said that, I thought of. When Michael said, "What you saw Inception?" Or at least I dreamt it. Yeah, when <laughs> <I saw> it. <laughs> or at least I dreamt it. I saw a costume, uh, a Halloween costume of this one day, dude, and he literally has this big box, and it's a silver car, and his girlfriend is Meredith, and she always was in front of the car. Oh my word! <laughs> and they just walked oh around. My and word. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, that's our review yeah. of Joker. Uh, tune in next week to hear us with our list. Next week we're doing um, redo a Watch Mojo list. WatchMojo.com is a website that just does a top 10 of anything you can shake a stick at. And uh, sometimes they do a good list and sometimes they do a terrible head scratching. Why did you do this list? So we're going to redo some lists that they did. Tune in next week. We'll see you next time. This is Luke, Dove, Joey, and Brad and Athena. We will see you guys next week. Bye.